Welcome to the desk of Lady Ada. Today we have a lot of presents, and we are present here as a present to you, viewers of the desk of Lady Ada. It's me, Lady Ada, at my desk and my computer. And with me is Mr. Lady Ada, who is in a dark place. And um, Yeah, but the light and warmth of Larry fulfills us all. Yes, thank you, Larry. Yeah, okay. Very kind soul. Yeah. Um, and we're going to be talking about more infrared stuff tonight. Yay! Everyone loves infrared. It's our favorite part of the electromagnetic spectrum. Um, so last night we did a pretty long stream about uh, infrared transmission and receiving. We talked about how there's a transmitter LED and a receiver diode. And uh, you emit pulses of IR light and that's how your remote control works, like this little remote control I got here, or even your TV remote, or your, uh, I think Alexa has a remote, and then, um, what else is remote? Like, yeah, Scott said his blinds have a remote control that's IR. Pretty common, low-cost way to make a remote control. No radio required. And so we did, yesterday's we got the receiver working, and we tested it with our little remote, and we made a little demo. Um, so let's go to the overheady. And I can just show the, the demo really fast. So this is um, the receiver Circuit Playground Express. This is the board we're working on. And the receiver is over here. And then this is my um, remote. And you can see when I press the button, it blinks infrared light. And then when I press the um, volume up button, it turns blue. And when I press the volume down button, this LED turns red. So it's a really good way to quickly check if my receiving code is working. And what's neat is you don't have to be exact. Like you can kind of like point it away a little bit and it still works. Like this would be pointing right at it, but the light does bounce off stuff a little bit. So if I, you know, if I have my circuit playground here and I point it at the, um, at the table, it bounces off. So that's the nice thing about the IR light is that, you know, you can bounce it off rooms a little bit, not great, but it does work just like you know radio bounces around the light bounces around it well um so that's good so we've got the receiver working and that's this little chip over here that we talked about yesterday there's a diode a pin diode a a positive intrinsic and then negatively doped um semiconductor so it's so dope it's so doped it's intrinsic and then we have um an automatic gain control chip that reads the um, signal and does the filtering for you and it's it's 20 cents and it's a good deal 
And we talked about how you can also get all-in-one little um, receivers as well. So that code's been done, but now it's time to uh, use the transmitter. So over here, this little component, the clear LED on the other side, I'm getting close because it's time for closeness. So this is the um, transmitter, sorry, this is the receiver diode and this is the transmitter diode. The transmitter diode is clear. Um, and it's basically the same as the LED that's in the um, tip here of this transmitter, except it's surface mount only. And there's a really neat property of IR LEDs in that unlike red, green, blue LEDs that everyone here is used to, you know, your, your standard like blinky LED, even the LEDs in these NeoPixels or this little green LED here, IR LEDs can handle pulses of very high current they're designed, the way the die is made is just, it's very, it's not, um, because it's not meant for creating illumination or color, it's meant to like transmit data. You can um, pulse current through an IR LED up to like an amp, way, way more than you can do with a red or green LED. If you took this green LED and you put an amp through it even for a microsecond, it would pop. But IR LEDs are, are happy to take extremely high currents. Let me know when you want to do some questions. Yeah, now would be a great time to do some questions. Okay. I would love to answer questions. Okay, completely inspired. Love your explanation of the TSOP IR receiver chip and how they offer filtration. Is there a similar filter chip for sound or vibrations? Wow, that's a good question. It's not as simple because those automatic gain chips for IR really are tuned for the 38 kilohertz frequency. If you're filtering for only one frequency, life is really easy. Life's good when you have only one frequency you're looking at. When you're looking for stuff like sound or vibration, you often want to tune the frequency. That's when you would use like a fast Fourier transform program. It's a little tougher because you'd have to write that, you know, you have to take software that exists and then look for that one frequency. There's, there's tricks you can do for filtering for single frequency um, that, you know, like, you know, you can convolute it with the frequency you want and see if you get, you know, a spike there. But it's, it's not, there's not like a chip that does it really. Okay, um, the code that you're writing for this is for, is it Arduino? Is it mm. Circuit Python? What's That's code? a good question. This code right now I'm writing is for Arduino. I'm actually okay. porting the IR remote library and using the IR lib2 library from Chris Young. They're two uh, infrared remote libraries. Um, I've written code for infrared remotes and uh, you can do it, but these libraries are really full featured. They're very well written, and so I would like to use like their work and and promote it and support it rather than trying to like write my own library from scratch. What's nice about their libraries? It supports multiple different protocols, like Sony and Panasonic and NEC, so that um, people can use remotes around the house. This remote is an NEC remote. It's a standard, basic protocol. But a lot of people, for example, if you have an Apple device, you have an Apple remote, it doesn't use the NEC protocol, it's slightly different timing. And so um, using a well-featured library, you'd be able to receive or send data to and from an Apple device. Okay, follow-up. Thinking piezo transducer receiving marks and spaces convert to IR blinks and then filter to chip. I mean, if you are absolutely sure that... That's motivation. The piezo is going to be... It's like um, Morse code or something. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be vibrating at 38 kilohertz. Chances are it's not, though. Chances are you're looking for a specific frequency. Um, although, you know, piezos can vibrate at 38 kilohertz. What you want to do is probably 
um, do your own um, signal filtering. This is you know, something like a Teensy, which has audio filtration capabilities due to the built-in DSP functions. Like the Teensy 3.2 even has like a drag and drop system you can create filters. Um, that would be where I would go. I wouldn't use these chips because they're, they're really tuned specifically for um, adjusting the gain on these diodes, not for um, connecting to another device. Like they don't understand things that aren't pin diodes. Okay. This. Keep going. Um, all right. So let's actually go to. Um, I want to go to DigiKey and we'll look up uh, an IR LED because these are, are kind of neat. Although actually, you know, we have them in the Adafruit shop. I'll show that really fast too. So. Uh, Happy Robotics Week. That's right. Okay. Let me get this over here so you can see it. Okay. So this is um, an example of a super bright IR LED. Again, there's that 940 nanometers. It's the frequency of light that we're using. Uh, the wavelength and um, they're great for whenever you want to again make your own remote in this case you would connect it up to your Arduino or even your Raspberry Pi or whatever they work best with an Arduino something with a timer output um, so let's look at the technical details so this is from Everlight I love Everlight because it's like they make LEDs and they're like they just took a photo on their desk and just pasted it into the data sheet so cool this is the um, the LED. And um, it's made out of gallium, aluminum, arsenic, I guess. Standard 5mm LED, but then, yeah, when you look at the absolute maximum ratings, you can see here it's happy with up to 100 milliamps continuous forward current, which is a huge amount for an LED. Again, most uh, red, green, blue LEDs, they don't like more than 25 milliamps. You can do 100, but, like, they don't like that for a long time. And then the peak forward current is an astonishing 1 amp. But it wants to have it with low pulse width and low duty. But still, you know, one amp, like that's, that's what you can do with these LEDs. You can really abuse them, which is awesome. Um, and they also have a pretty low forward voltage. When you peak drive them at one amp, they can go up to 2.6 volts or four volts. But you know, for what we're doing about 250 milliamps, think about 2.5 volts. What's up? Is there more questions? Okay. Um, not all devices use 38 kilohertz IR, so what about those? When you're using devices that aren't 38 kilohertz IR, you would get um, a, a filter chip that is tuned for that frequency. I'm using 38 kilohertz. 99% of IR is 38 kilohertz. But there's 34, and there's like 56 and stuff too. Okay. So um, this is the through-hole LED, but I'm using a surface mount LED, but it's very similar um, basic idea you can uh, peak drive them very fast, which is cool. And so um, that's what I've got going on in here. Wait, actually, oops, I closed my schematic. One moment. Let me see where, while I open it up. Tonight we'll be featuring the monsoon. There will be a monsoon. Okay, so here we go. So this is, oh, can you go to the computer? Yeah. So this is that receiver. Again, we got that, that was covered yesterday. So now we're gonna be doing this transmitter. And the transmitter is connected through a uh, NPN transistor. You could theoretically drive the LED from a pin, but the pins on an Arduino or any microcontroller really don't like doing more than maybe five, 10 milliamps. That'll work, but you won't get a really good distance for your IR. If you want to really like make a TV be gone, you need to be able to pump like at least 100 
200, 300 milliamps through the LED. So adding an NPN transistor will do the job. And then I just put a little resistor here to um, just protect the um, microcontroller pin. Just, you know, I know it's current limited, but it's kind of nice to have another resistor just to be like, hey, there's no way you're going to seriously overdrive the pin. And then um, for the code, I'm using IR Remote. Again, this is Ken Schurf's library. And it's pretty easy. Um, you just set it up to send on pin 29. That's the pin I'm using. And then what I've done is I've, I've set it up so there's the two buttons on the circuit playground. And when I press the left button, it'll send out this code, OXFB40BF. That's the same as the little pin on my a little uh, volume minus on my remote. And when I press the right button, it'll do volume plus. So it's the other button on my remote. So basically, I'm cloning this remote onto um, the circuit playground. So I've loaded it up already because I wanted to save some time. So let's go to the overhead. Okay, so this is the circuit playground that I've got my transmitter code on. And so you can look here, that's the LED. And you can see, you know, I can't see it, but thanks to the magic of uh, no IR filter on this overhead camera, you can see really nice bright light coming out of that IR transmitter. And then when you have the other circuit playground, which is our receiver. So you have the receiver over here and then the transmitter. When I press the button on this to transmit, I can change, I can change the color. They're talking. They're talking to each other. So bi-directional communication is possible. This one can transmit to this one, this one can transmit back if desired. On but a low right cost, solder free board made for kids. Yeah, and then I can, what will they do? I can hold it up here. Mm -hmm. It's still, yeah, it's still working. I just have to aim it yeah. at it. So finally, people are asking, well, how much, how much current is going through this IR LED? Well, you know, it's really hard, especially with the LEDs because they're non-linear. Um, they're like logarithmic in the way, or exponential, the way the, the current versus voltage goes. And also the transistor, you know, the, um, uh, collector emitter voltage varies you know it you could try to do the math but these components are not like super precise there's gonna be variation the best way to actually know how much current is going through the LED is to measure it now I can use a multimeter or I could use an oscilloscope but it would um, be annoying because I have to desolder parts so what I'm going to do is use my monsoon power meter yeah we're gonna do that so let's go to pons Monsoon power. Yeah, can, mon you, can you move your? Um... Okay, good. You did it. Is that your playground? Okay. Yeah. No, there was a thing in the way. But now okay. It's not. So now I've got this monsoon power meter in my disembodied hand. So this is um, a device that does. Uh, it can do a USB pass through, and tell me how much current is going through the USB, and do all the measuring and graphing for me, while also data is going through it, which is handy. Also, you know, you can connect up with these. Um, handy little alligator clip type things. But I'm going to be using the USB connection and the software. And um, if you're interested in buying one of these, you can buy them from Monsoon. Thanks to K-Town for pointing me at Monsoon. This is a cool thing. So then let's go to the computer and we'll wrap this up. Yeah, sure. Do, do, do. So this is the Monsoon power meter software that you know and love if you've watched The Desk of Lady Ada. And I have it hooked up now, so it's USB output. 
and run and uh, it's giving five volts output and the current draw right now is what's really neat is I can I can change like the scale I love this the current draw is about 25 ish milliamps you can see there's a little bit of spike here I'm not sure exactly what that's from oh it's from the PWM of the, the NeoPixel maybe um, so that's that but I want to measure what it looks like when I press the button so this is oh, sorry so this is the uh, transmitter again and when I press the button you'll see like wow it spikes up really high because um, all of that current is being dumped into the IR LED so lovely so the amount of current I'll just hold this down so you can see this so you can see that it's kind of spiky and that's because we're doing that um, on and off for sending the LED data LED IR data isn't like pure on and pure off it's, it's PWM um, partially to make filtering easy on the on the opposite side and partially so you don't put as much strain on the LED and then um, you can see it peaks at you know about 200 milliamps so about 175 milliamp of current going into this surface mount LED which is actually pretty good I'm pretty happy with that using only a single uh, low-cost like two cent transistor for an amplification that's kind of what I expected um, those little surface mount MMBTs are not going to be able to really uh, supply an amp. I mean, they, there's or sync an amp. Like you can do it, but you have to have a lot of current going into the base, and this uh, microcontroller doesn't really do that. But 200 milliamps, 175 to 200 milliamps is a lot of current. Um, I don't really want to draw that much more because if you're USB powering, I want to keep the total amount of current under 500 milliamps. Or if you're powering it from a bunch of AAA batteries too, I want to, I don't want to actually have a full amp going out um, so that's pretty cool and I tested this with um, my TV and I could actually you know bounce it off the wall so when you have a really good receiver like from a um, appliance um, you can get really good um, range with this yeah any uh, questions yeah if someone's making their own NPN isn't it giving enough transmit power would a Darlington pair help <clears throat> A Darlington pair would help, but um, you have, I think your VCE starts to dominate. And so, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think, you, you get a double VCE, right, with a Darlington? I know you definitely get a double VBE. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, we stock this component. And again, I, I could get more gain, but I don't really want more gain. I'm actually kind of in a sweet spot. So I might try different really low cost transistors, but I definitely want something that's only a cent or two. Okay. Uh, some more questions from the chat. Um, how many volts can the uh, circuit playground take on? And then what is the simulation software that you're using for the waveforms? Um, for the voltage that you can power the circuit playground express, uh, you get micro USB power, which is five volts. Um, and then you've got a JST connector, which can take from, you know, 3.3 volts, which is very minimum, up to 6 volts. Um, maybe a little bit higher, 6.5, because there's a diode protection. And there's also a fuse protection. So I'd say like 6.5 volts is the maximum. But I recommend, you know, using like a, a LiPo battery if you're an expert, or um, 3 or 4 double or triple A's. If you're just a beginner, you don't want to deal with rechargeable batteries. Okay. And what's the software? that you're using on the screen right now? Oh, this isn't simulation, that's actually live data. So when I'm pressing the button, that's the live data coming from the monsoon power meter. 
I don't know if you remember the monsoon power meter. Yeah, I posted monsoon. a link in the comments, uh, actually the description of our previous video. Yeah. And also um, the other thing that uh, people want is a link to it. Um, next up, uh, how much data can RIR signals transmit? Can we transmit small data packets? You can transmit as much as you want, but it's, um, it's you know, it's a... It's, IR on its own is very low level. There is no error correction or retransmission. So, you know, you, we were talking about IRDA. What is it, 38 kilobaud? I'm talking about, yeah, if you look up IRDA, it's the protocol that you, that it, it's an established protocol on top of infrared, receive and transmit. And I believe it's like, is it 9600 baud or 38 kilobaud? You can transmit data, but like, you know, you have to have your two Palm Pilots right next to each other for the, for the best mm. uh, support. Okay, uh, next up, we're most on questions. Yeah. Um, have you tried IR MIDI? Any issues with the idea? IR MIDI, yeah, you could do that. What you would do is have, you know, one device that is transmitting to your circuit playground, and the circuit playground acts like a USB MIDI device. So you could do it. But the thing about IR, just to, just to remind you, is it's not, in and of itself, it's a not very reliable. It's, it's really meant for low-cost, simple, like, I'm just sending data to this to like, yeah, and a lot of it, it relies on human um, contr <clears throat> control feedback loop. So, you know, you press the button on the remote and you try to hit your TV and if it doesn't turn on, you press the button again, right? So the, the way that I would expect people to use it with Circuit Playground is, you know, you, you either use it with remote control or you communicate back and forth. Um, Bunny did a really cool project with IR and these round boards which kind of inspired me to do this where they send color data and then you can have um, color mixing change when you have like the, the reproduce with color. Yeah. That'll be neat with kids. They can have a uh, board with yellow LEDs, yeah. blue LEDs, and then once they communicate they can become green together. Okay. Um, I've got one thing before we go, but uh, why don't you show your thing? Yeah, I want to actually see if I could see the IR um, project that he did. What was it? The, uh, oh, man. It was called like LED virus or something. Yeah, bacteriophage virus. So this is the project that he built, which is kind of neat. So it's these circles of LED light. And they had an IR receiver transmitter. It was based off of um, like a Freescale processor. And you had a ring of light and then like, you know, they would basically be able to have sex. Like if you had a badge and someone else in your Burning Man camp had another badge and they had two different light effects, they would merge the light effect. Like when you were next to each other, they would IR communicate and transmit the settings for the like color and pattern generation and they would you know basically do like uh you know dna combinatorics and come up with a new pattern that was unique so i thought that was kind of yeah. a neat idea it kind of inspired <laughs> me a little bit i was like oh that's a cool use of ir okay all right we're out i have a i have two things uh one uh, prions are weird aren't they do you know about these the, the proteins? Yeah. yeah. It's not a virus. No. It's it's a thing that can, um, it'll it'll unfold and do all sorts of weird things, uh, like Mad Cow. It's freaky. And it, gets, and it can lay dormant for a really long time. Yeah. They're freaky. They're super freaky. I was reading an article about a group of people that were cannibals, and they got this weird uh, illness from eating people. 
from meeting dead people. Yeah. Yeah. Which but, is like dead, like uh, mad cat disease. Yeah. Um, okay. Like so this, next up, I'd like to use this moment to plug Bunny's book. Oh sure, I have one last thing. Yeah. After that, but why don't you go ahead? Uh, read Bunny's blog and buy his book. You don't even have to buy it from us; just buy it. Yeah. That's it. It's an awesome book. Okay. Uh, next up, if there's any uh, Doctor Who fans, uh, I need help with something. So this um, this is the phone that's inside the box, you know, where it the says TARDIS the TARDIS, yeah. And uh, I don't know the name of this. And you can, you know, search for it, and you'll find that this is what it looks like. I, I want to either make one or find a replica that I can turn into a VoIP box. If anyone could post in the comments after the video posts on YouTube, that would help me out the most. I just need to know what the type it is. I want to do some research and find out, like, what was this called? What is it? Is this only a replica that's never existed? It looks like a really old phone from the UK, which would make sense. Um, it has these brass bells at the top, and there's a ringer, um, and it's inside the, the little police box front of it. It says public phone. Inside, the, it's a little one. And then when you open up the TARDIS, of course, there's, you know, it's a lot bigger inside, but there's a little tiny phone and a little door. So if anyone knows, um, post up in the comments after the video's posted on YouTube. Because right now, if it's just in the chat, who knows where it goes? Uh, I don't know. They don't. YouTube doesn't store the chats. Twitch does, but I don't know what happens with YouTube. I think they're going to add it as a feature one day. Um, that is my request. If anyone knows, I'm sure there's a lot of Doctor Who fans out there. That's it. Okay. Okay. That was Desolate Eight tonight. We'll that be was on fun. Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time for show until 8 p.m., Ask an engineer your orders at Adafruit.com. Support us, an open source hardware company that uh, we fight hard. We love hard. We share hard. <laughs> it hurts. But, uh, you know, picking up some kits and stuff helps. Thank you, everybody. So, yeah. All right, Lady Ada, that's it. Bye-bye. Good night and good luck. Good night.